Hi, everyone. Dr. B here. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So the last few podcasts have been quite long, so I'm going to try and keep this one short for you. Nonetheless, I think you'll find it very, very interesting. This is a question that has popped up a lot, and I think it's time that I answer it. So, you know, I had an answer in mind even before I heard the question, but I went back to the shed, which is behind the barn, went through my box of samples that people send, that companies send to me. I've got a treasure trove of electric toothbrushes and gadgets and toothpaste and tablets and mouthwashes back there, just so I can keep in touch with products that are current. And anyway, so I tried the two that are being asked about today. And I usually don't like to single out any product unless I'm crazy about it and have used it for a very, very long time. But the listener today uh, in the question mentions two products by name. And the reason I want to answer the question is because they are two very important categories, one quite new that people really want to know about. It's a bite tablet that takes the place of toothpaste and then good old toothpaste in in the other corner. And they both contain hydroxyapatite. So I'm willing to have this conversation. And both companies are very reputable. And, and I've tested these products previously, but today I'm ready to talk about it. So let's get right to it. I'm comparing these two products to each other. Are they effective? Is one better than the other? What are the pros and cons? What do I think about toothpaste in general? You've heard me say often or use the term often, the necessary evils of products and procedures to make toothpaste. And does the tablet solve that? There are so many questions and that people are asking. Really, really good ones. So anyway, here we are. We're going to duke it out between the tablet and the toothpaste, which is best for you. Here's the question, and we'll get right to it after the question. Hey there. I just had a question. I was curious what you thought about bite toothpaste. It's like a tablet that you crunch up in your mouth and then add water and brush your teeth. And also Wellanese, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-E, what you thought about their toothpaste as well. They both of these brands have hydroxyapatite. If you could email me back at hongmichelle96 at gmail.com. Michelle, great question. You just asked a question that everyone is asking. And, you know, I hear kids in the background. I'll make a comment on that uh, between these two products. But the good news is that both products don't have fluoride in it. So that's safe for your kids. But there are other ingredients that I do worry about. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about my hopes for the tablet concept and how some of those have been met, some have not. And then I'm going to talk about the necessary evils of making toothpaste and and how, unfortunately, the tablet concept hasn't really changed that at all. So anyway, I'm going to talk about both of these in concept first, and then I will talk about the products themselves. And again, I've used these products. I've tested them different times of the year and over the years. And uh, both are very reputable companies. I really like both companies. They're both doing very, very well. There's definitely a need for companies that are looking at these oral products in a different way. I've spoken to people at both companies and this is something that on my platform, the podcast, askthedentist.com, the website, all my writings, other podcasts, oral products, what we call biofilm management. 
that's flossing and brushing and mouthwashes and toothpaste and, and all of that. It's a huge market and a lot of money is to be made, is being made. It's very, very profitable. And unfortunately, a lot of the companies that make products are taking advantage of you with very poorly made, inexpensive, potentially toxic products, products that are not oral microbiome friendly, that counter what the mouth is supposed to do. And, and a lot of the fault goes to dentistry. We, we keep promoting these products. A lot of the products are based on what dentists are telling patients or used to say back in the old days, disinfect the mouth, uh, bacteria are bad, bad breath is caused by bacteria in the mouth. I mean, the, the, all of this is not true. And there are plenty of studies out there that say that will show and demonstrate that a lot of these products actually make things worse in the mouth. They actually can elevate your blood pressure. They can make bad breath worse. They can disrupt and cause dysbiosis of the oral microbiome, which can lead to more cavities. And yes, your mouth and breath smell minty for about 10, 15 minutes. So a lot of these products that we've seen over the last 50 to 100 years, uh, a lot of them are junk and actually not good for you. So these small brands, these what I call boutique brands, are allowing us to have choices. And so I promote many of these brands, and, and I do this for you, but also to help brands counter the products that we see with these big corporations. So let me first talk about the concept of a tablet. I've long thought this was a great idea. I like the fact that it comes in a glass jar. You know, when you're traveling, it may be a little bit easier. TSA, of course, doesn't see this as four or five, six ounces of fluid. So you don't have to find a travel size container for toothpaste. The glass jar, of course, is easily recyclable. Recycling isn't perfect. Not everyone throws it into the proper container. Even if it is thrown in the proper container, it doesn't always get recycled. That's a little bit of a myth that the plastic industry has kind of pushed onto us to make everything guilt-free as we unpackage our products, all that plastic that we're cutting away and cutting through and opening and then discarding. And so, but the glass container is a great way to go. The cost is a little bit higher with tablets per use. I think toothpaste is a better value still. You know, I there are no studies on efficacy in terms of it being a mildly abrasive paste and reducing the thickness of the biofilm. But then again, there isn't a lot of good studies on toothpaste itself. Both of these categories, the whole category, falls under, it's not a medical product in, in any way, it falls under the guise of cosmetics. I mean, it's sunblock, facial cream, toothpaste, all under the same umbrella. So there's really no FDA approval or very strict regulation. So that's why a lot of these oral health companies have been able to get away with their claims when, in fact, their claims are the exact opposite of what they're claiming, which is sad, very, very sad, especially for the consumer who's trying to do their best and not get cavities and not get gum disease and have good oral health. So, but the tablets are expensive. You're going to pay a little bit more for the convenience and for the recycling and all that, because, you know, the, to make a tablet takes time. To make a paste, you, you kind of can make it in batch. I mean, there it's a different process. Again, there are some toothpaste that are more expensive than tablets. It, it all depends on manufacturing costs, but also the ingredients. You know, I think tablets make me a little concerned, especially with kids. They think it's something that is to be chewed and then swallowed. I don't like swallowing most oral products. 
again, it's a cosmetic product. It's like swallowing your hand cream. There is some danger there, especially if it contains fluoride. But the good news is that a lot of these boutique brands have figured out and believe and have read the data that ingesting fluoride, even having fluoride in your mouth and absorbing it through your oral mucosa, it does get into your blood supply. It can get to your brain and it can cause problems, especially in infants and growing children. So we won't go into that, but you've heard me speak uh, of that before. So I'm very happy that these products have gone to a very safe alternative, and that is hydroxyapatite. And again, you've heard me talk a lot about that. So I do worry about the nature of the tablet. Sometimes people will chew it and then inadvertently swallow it. If that happens occasionally, uh, even with nanohydroxyapatite, that's fine. But the bite tablet, as well as wellness toothpaste, they do have surfactants in it. And I wish they didn't. And, and this goes back to my statement, the necessary evils of, of manufacturing toothpaste. I wish that toothpaste did not have any surfactants in it. The big one was SLS, which was pretty aggressive. It can denature and dry out your mouth. Even the surfactant that Bite has, which is a natural coconut-derived form of it, sodium coquille glutamate, I just wish that these products, even the boutique products, wouldn't have surfactants and emulsifiers in it. That can disrupt. Same thing with essential oils. These products, even though they have this connotation of being natural, they can disrupt the oral microbiome. They can break down cell walls. They can irritate the oral mucosa. The oral mucosa, the inside of your cheeks and the inside tissues are not the same as your epidermis, your skin. The skin is way more protected, thicker, has a stratified layer. It's got, you know, more keratin. The oral mucosa is like the lining of the gut. It's one cell thick. It's very vulnerable and prone to being eroded by, for example, emulsifiers and soaps. That's essentially what that ingredient is. It's added to combine oils with water and keep that, even in a tablet, it needs to be there as it is in a toothpaste. Some of the other ingredients worry me a little bit. Erythritol, xylitol, synthetic, I'm not happy about, but it's hard to get a natural form of xylitol and it's expensive. The other ingredients are fine. Guar gum, again, if you don't swallow it, it's fine. But the hydroxyapatite is a great product, even in its nano form. It is safe. We have a database on our website that we're building on efficacy of hydroxyapatite. And I think we're now adding safety of the nano form. So don't let the nano worry you. Uh, nanoparticles of metal like titanium dioxide or silver, those get wedged in the body and never go away. Nanoform of hydroxyapatite dissolves immediately as soon as it hits saliva, stomach acids, bodily fluids, uh, intercellular fluid. So I'm not worried about that. And it dissolves into calcium, which we need for many things in our body. So, and again, so when you use a bite tablet, it doesn't foam as much. And I'm okay with that. I don't think foaming is a good thing, especially for kids. That means that there's a lot of emulsifier in there, typically with the foaming. So this is a low foaming kind of experience, which I like. Kids tend not to brush as long as they should because the foaming is overwhelming to them. 
I've seen that happen many, many times. And the foaming, there's no benefit to the foaming. It's a very watery kind of experience. When you chew on the tablet, you're really supposed to break it down into its smallest particles possible and then brush with it. You know, they claim there's zero waste. There's no such thing as zero waste, but it is better than, you know, the one billion, roughly one billion aluminum and plastic tubes that we throw into our waste. And the RDA of Byte is also very good. It's less than 50. I think oh, their mint charcoal is less. I think it's 25. So the relative dentin abrasivity index, that's a way of rating how abrasive toothpastes are, is in the optimal zone. So, but here's my concern. And again, there's really been no testing because these are cosmetic products, unfortunately, considered to be that. Does chewing on the tablet break down the bits and pieces of that product enough to the point where it becomes a good polishing paste. That's why toothpaste was designed. We polish things uh, in dentistry, a lot of our restorations with polishing paste. Uh, the automotive industry will polish a car, wax a car with polishing paste. I mean, polishing pastes are used everywhere and the paste itself distributes these mild abrasives evenly so that they become good polishing paste. So I don't think the tablet-based system is great, as good as a finely formulated and mixed, properly mixed toothpaste for polishing your pellicle. Now, why would you want it? the pellicles, the skin of the tooth, the pellicle, the biofilm, these are the plaque layer, these are all the interchangeable, although now it's called the biofilm. Why would we want to polish the biofilm? What's the concern with that? Biofilm is normal. The skin of your teeth, that is there to protect an inanimate object that has poked out through the jawbone, the tooth. And the pellicle does many things. It protects the tooth and biofilm is important. We've been told that biofilm is bad. In some cases, biofilm can be toxic, but in the mouth, the body is putting a biofilm on those teeth because that layer of bacteria with proteoglycan stuff and, and even some proteins and that skin that covers the tooth is there to protect the tooth. It actually is part of the process of remineralizing the tooth. In other words, repairing the tooth. So that layer on the tooth, you don't want to remove it completely. In fact, it's very hard to do so. If you were to use a very abrasive toothpaste, they go up to 300 on the RDA scale, which is I think absolutely horrific and damaging to tooth structure. And these are typically the whitening formulations. If you were to use that toothpaste and really brush, uh, you know, very intensely for 10 minutes, you would probably remove most of the biofilm. But the good news is that it grows back in 10, 15 minutes. So it's there for a reason. But if your biofilm is very thick and furry, is the term I use, especially around kids, that grosses them out. You know, you've eaten a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of processed foods, and the bacteria in the biofilm have gone to town and they've consumed all that, all those easily digestible carbohydrates, processed foods, and carbs. That biofilm will thicken and it alters the biofilm. And it can alter the bacteria in the biofilm. And that is where cavities can start occurring and this inflammatory response from the gums, gum disease. So managing the biofilm is important. And unfortunately, we do have a poor diet in today's world. So we do have to brush and floss. So the thinning of the biofilm allows the hydroxyapatite or the calcium and the phosphorus and the boron and all these other minerals that are found in saliva. There's even natural hydroxyapatite 
found in saliva, but why not add it with the toothpaste or the bite tablets? Those building blocks are in the saliva and you need a certain well-managed, healthy biofilm for that transference or that pickup of the building blocks to be transferred to the teeth. The teeth are always demineralizing and then trying to remineralize. The thickness of the biofilm is important. So I worry about the bite tablet in that sense. Is it a good biofilm remover? Again, there are really no studies on this. I mean, would that be scanning electron microscopy after using the tablets in participants and other participants using toothpaste? And then, of course, the control group not using any. I don't know what that study would look like, but there really are there are no studies on how effective uh, certain toothpastes are in terms of biofilm management. So again, the whole bite concept is great. Here's where I really like the tablet or the, the bite tablet. Let's say you're running off to work. You've just had your coffee, your lemon juice, something acidic, or you've had a starchy breakfast, and that in itself causes this acid attack that occurs in the mouth. Again, we always recommend not to brush for 45 minutes, and but you have to run off to work. Grab a tablet, chew on it. That kind of promotes salivation. It gets hydroxyapatite into the equation and helps remineralize during those demineralization events when you've had something acidic like coffee, uh, even green tea is slightly acidic, but certainly lemon juice. A lot of people will drink lemon juice in the morning for health reasons. These are causative agents for making your tooth very vulnerable and leaching out calcium, demineralizing them. So, so chewing on a tablet with hydroxyapatite is great. What a great thing to do. The problem is, is that if you're in the car on your way to work, where do you spit it out? So I'll let you figure that out. So there is some convenience to the bite tablets. Again, it's a little bit more expensive, better in terms of waste. And I feel guilty using uh, toothpaste tubes because, you know, you roll them up, you go through them every month or two, and then they get discarded. And they really never biodegrade. They really don't. I mean, that stuff's going to out. If it outlasts me, I'm concerned. I really am. So the whole concept of the bite tablet is great. Few of the ingredients I'm not too happy with, but it's the same for toothpaste. So let's now talk about the toothpaste that you mentioned in particular as well. But before we talk about a specific toothpaste, let's talk about that thing that I always mention, the necessary evils of making toothpaste. To suspend the necessary or the efficacious ingredients of toothpaste, calcium carbonate, hydroxyapatite, you know, back when fluoride, which is still in use today, these are all ingredients that are mild abrasive. It could be calcium carbonate, it could be silica. These are all products that have to be suspended in a solution to work properly. And so that's where toothpaste comes into play. This toothpaste hasn't been around forever. It's, it was actually, before it was toothpaste, it was little tablets or powder. So toothpaste was invented, I think it was World War II, because a lot of the health of the future soldier is not good. And so there was a national campaign to start feeling the gleam, that reduction of the biofilm, and it was using toothpaste. And Pepsodent, I think, was one of the, the first toothpastes that was marketed in that vein. But anyway, so toothpaste is a man-made product that addresses issue of our poor diet and the buildup of 
biofilm, plaque layers causing uh, cavities and gum disease. And the attempt there is to keep brushing and, and keep that from happening. Of course, that doesn't solve the problem very well, does it? But here we are with toothpaste. And so how do you mix all those ingredients and keep them suspended in solution? Well, you have to add surfactants. You have to add emulsifiers, especially if you make them in very large batches, if you mass produce the product. Now, I have lots of DIY recipes on our website. That's where you make toothpaste in very small quantities. You don't need emulsifiers. You mix it by hand. I recommend you try that. It takes time. It's not for everyone, but try it once just so that you see what toothpaste can be and how it feels and how quickly it dissolves in your mouth. And when you spit it out, how quickly it goes down the drain and doesn't stick to your sink. And you got to try that once just as a reference point, make your own toothpaste. And I think you'll enjoy the process and it'll be very enlightening. But anyway, anyway, those are the necessary evils of making something in large batches, toothpaste. You have to add chemicals to get it mixed properly so that each tube that the customer gets is exactly like the other. And unfortunately, those emulsifiers, those surfactants, uh, those are chemicals used to make products in large batches, but they're really not there for your oral health. In fact, I would argue that they are actually bad for your oral health. They disrupt your oral membrane, uh, mucosa, that one cell thick layer, and also they can disrupt the cell wall of bacteria. That's how soaps work. And they break down the lipid layer of a cell. That's, again, the saponification process of soap. And that disrupts the oral microbiome. That's the last thing we need is to, we need to nourish the oral microbiome, keep it healthy, let it do what it's supposed to do and not always take it down, carpet bomb it, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. That's what I mean by the necessary evils of having to make toothpaste in large batches. That's why these little boutique companies are better and safer. They are making toothpaste in smaller batches. And again, that's why you're paying more, but trust me, it is completely worth the effort and the cost. So let's now talk about toothpaste. I've been kind of focusing on the tablet concept. Toothpaste has been around for a long time. Unfortunately, I think we've been misled for that amount of time on how effective toothpaste really is. You've seen me talk or you've heard me talk about the causes of decay, root cause being dry mouth, really meaning that dryness in the mouth is really number one. Number two, a close number two, sometimes number one, depending on the mouth and, and the person, would be diet. These are the root causes of decay. And then number three would be biofilm management, toothpaste floss and and toothbrushing. So I think we focus too much on, it's that holy trinity of dentistry where dentists will say, you know, you come in, you have a cavity and says, well, okay, brush and floss more. You're not doing it correctly, whatever, and come see me twice a year. That really doesn't address the root cause of decay. So we've really leaned on toothpaste and, and products like that. And I think we've leaned too much on it because most of these products are not safe and not oral microbiome friendly. So, but having said that, wellness, uh, I like, by the way, Michelle, I like how you pronounce it better, but wellness is a great brand. It's one of my favorites. I know Katie very well. She is absolutely amazing what she's done. These are the boutique brands that are saving the industry. She's taken out fluoride. So you can use it as a child's toothpaste. And if your child swallows it, you don't have to worry. Again, her toothpaste, like most 
almost everyone has the surfactants and the emulsifiers in it. I think it's the same sodium cocoal glutamate. That's a safer version of sodium lauryl sulfate, which the big boys use, the big brands. So it's a less caustic or it's a safer version of these emulsifiers and surfactants. But then again, the necessary evils of making a tablet or a toothpaste, evidently a tablet. I didn't know you needed to use a surfactant to make a tablet, but it's certainly been around in toothpaste for a long time. And I wish they weren't there because they do have a drying effect in the mouth. You know, I just thought of something a while ago. I think it was 10 years ago. I did a YouTube video. It just occurred to me one day the effects that toothpaste were having in my patient's mouths. And so I made a video of washing my hands with Crest and Colgate. I will look for the link and put it up there, but I would recommend trying that. And I think that's a great way to test your toothpaste. And I was shocked. I knew there would be some badness about it, some negativity, some negative aspects to it. But I was shocked at how bad it was after having washed my hands. I mean, they felt strange for... 30, 40 minutes. And and that's what I'm talking about. It's a drying effect. It pulls the oils off of your skin. You know, a lot of hair products do that. That's how they work. Very strong antibacterial soaps. You know, there's a biome on the skin and there's oil in your skin. You don't want to leach that out. But as I said before, the oral mucosa is much thinner and much more vulnerable to these that surfactant emulsifier effect, that soap effect, if you want to call it. So, but anyway, the wellness brand is great. But here's back to the comparison again, because it's pre-mixed, think of a tube of toothpaste as a bunch of tablets in it but it's properly mixed in a paste so that as soon as it comes out of the tube, it has the right RDA, that abrasive index. It's a slurry with the ingredients all spread out nicely. And as soon as it hits the teeth and you're brushing with it, it does its job as designed. Again, a very mild tooth polish or a mild abrasive. In terms of the wellness brand, I don't know about the RDA. I'm assuming it's less than 50, knowing Katie, but I I wasn't able to confirm that at this time. I will look into that, but I'm not worried. I've used the product and I can test abrasivity. There's a way to do that. You take a little sheet of acrylic and an electric toothbrush or a manual toothbrush and you brush the paste into that acrylic and you look for scratches. I have a lot of USB microscopes here and magnification loops, and it's easy for me to see all of that. Again, being a dentist, that's kind of what we're looking at. So again, I think overall, both concepts are good. I would prefer toothpaste, but then again, we've got this tube that we throw away. Somehow we've got to figure this out. We've got to make a toothpaste that is guilt-free, that we don't have to worry about adding to the burden of things that don't biodegrade, something that has the right amount of hydroxyapatite in it. And again, I think the version of hydroxyapatite in wellness is micro. Again, I can't confirm that. Either one I'm fine with. I do think the micro, the nano is a little bit better, especially if you have sensitive teeth. But here's the thing. On both products, I don't know the actual strength of hydroxyapatite. Efficacy starts at about a 15% concentration. So I hope that both of those products start at that. And again, as far as toothpaste goes, I prefer toothpaste, uh, even with all the caveats. And again, this is a a necessity in, in our modern day with the diet that we have. If we're eating 
Even if we're eating well, and but there are occasions when we eat some junk food or processed foods, we do need a very good, mild, abrasive toothpaste or tooth polishing agent. And I just don't feel I get that with the tablet concept. On the other hand, it's great to travel with. It's better for the environment. And I do like the fact that a lot of us are drinking beverages that are very acidic. And if we're on the go, we don't have time to brush or that 45-minute period of time interferes with that, the bite tablet is a wonderful thing to chew on. I would spit it out given the ingredients, uh, the same for toothpaste. But given that, it's a great alternative to using toothpaste and waiting for that period of time and then brushing. So anyway, both of these products would be unnecessary if we had the perfect diet. Few of us do. It's very difficult to have the perfect diet in today's world. And I'm not saying that we should. I mean, life is here to be enjoyed, of course. And I think occasionally if we want a little treat, those are life's special moments. I'm a real stickler on that. I, I have rules, how much sugar content be in my food. And and a lot of people around me uh, laugh and, and, and give me elbow jabs and, and all of that. So, but whatever it is, we do need good, healthy products, oral care products. And I do think both of these brands have done a great job in both of their segments. So I do recommend them. I recommend Boca. I recommend Risewell. Those are typically my go-to brands. There are other good brands out there. It's hard for me to know all the brands and know which ones to recommend. So I focus on the ones that I know. And so I'm glad that we have these options. Back in my day, when I was a younger person and, and had to make choices, there were just a few brands of literally walking down the shelves. Nothing was available online, of course, because there was no online. There was no internet. There were three or four toothbrush brands and there were about three or four or five toothpaste brands and mouthwashes. And the options were very limited and they were not any of them, none of them were good options. They were very mass produced in large quantities, chemically kind of really, I don't want to use the word toxic, but harming to the oral microbiome. They were the wrong product. And now we have options. So I, I'm glad that these brands exist and I have to hand it to both of them. They've created a, a great niche market. They're doing well. They're profitable. And this is a perfect example of how we don't need to buy from the big corporations. They usually are selling us a bill of goods. Again, Colgate can bring a tube of toothpaste to the shelf for about 35, 40 cents. That includes marketing. I know that the wellness brand and the bite brands are much more expensive, but trust me, they are worth it. They are safer and they are better for your oral health. Anyway, I hope that answers this question because a lot of people are asking it. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's great that people are looking for alternatives. They either know inherently that the big corporations are underserving them and not doing a good job and do not have their best interests in mind and that these boutique brands do and that there's a market for this. Thank goodness for the modern world. Thank goodness for the internet. And there's so much information out there. All you have to do is Google it. If you're going to Google safety of hydroxyapatite or safe toothpaste, you're going to see us in the top 10, ask the dentist. And that's the beauty of it. I love what I do because I'm able to have this voice. And thank you for listening. People that do listen, I think they will benefit greatly. Stick with brands like Wellness and Bite, Boca, Risewell. There are a host of others. Find what works best for you. But remember, this is an unregulated industry. 
at least now we've got competition and there's information on the web. By the way, I'm not against glycerin. There is one post from a long time ago on glycerin that's without any proof that says it's bad for us, that it disrupts the biofilm. I've looked into that. I'm going to look into it more because glycerin is a great way to provide for a viscous, a very nice, pleasant feeling toothpaste that dissolves quickly in the sink and in your mouth. Anyway, I know I'm going to get some pushback on that and I'm happy to address that. Email me about that. I'm going to blog more about that after I finished my research on that. But emulsifiers and surfactants, fluoride, get those out of your toothpaste as quickly as you can. I think more choices will appear. I'm seeing a big tipping point in products available. You can call it the long tail of oral products. We're here and it's wonderful. So anyway, thanks for that question, Michelle. I hope I was able to answer it specifically for you. Those are great products. Again, don't swallow them. Certainly don't swallow Crest and Colgate. That'll even disrupt your gut microbiome. Remember, Colgate was using triclosan, a very strong pesticide, actually. I mean, it was destroying bacteria in the mouth. They even invested in their own manufacturing facilities for triclosan. Thank goodness it's it's being used less and less. It's been outlawed in certain states. That was disrupting the gut microbiome as well as the oral microbiome. Can you just imagine? Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Thanks for listening. If you have any more questions about toothpaste in general, we've written a lot on it and about it on our website. Go to askthedentist.com. We have an affiliate store of products I recommend. It's not complete. It's hard for me to recommend everything that I see or haven't seen that's out there. If you like something that you're really excited about that you think is working for you, send me a note. I will reach out to that company. I will ask them to send me a product, which they're always happy to do, and I will test it and I will get back to you. I'm happy to do that. It's important. This is a product you use daily, twice daily. It's important that it's the right product. If it isn't, you're actually going backwards. If you have any other questions about products in general, anything about oral health, go to askthedentist.com. But if you want to ask a specific question, go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. And again, if you're looking for a dentist that can have this conversation with you, that can make recommendations other than the standard fluoridated toothpaste that the big boys sell that really is not doing you or your family or your children any good, in fact, it's doing some harm, then go to askthedentist.com slash directory. Anyway, I'm very appreciative that you are willing to ask questions and listen and that you respect my opinion. If you have any comments or you want more information or you disagree with me, I've had Colgate and Crest reach out to me. I've had discussions with them, Glasgow Kine in England. I'm talking with these companies. I'm trying to get them to make better products, safer products, because just as there are food deserts, there are oral product deserts where you it's hard to get products. I have a lot of people asking me, where can I get Boca, for example? And they're in Europe or in Australia. I mean, again, the boutique companies 
can't send or make these products available to everyone. And products on the shelf are convenient for people in certain neighborhoods and certain areas. So anyway, it's a brand new world out there. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. And I have to say, I'm very excited. We are, by having these choices, we are looking at better oral health in general. And as a dentist, I want to apologize for the profession. We were misled. I think we should have looked into it more, but this whole idea of disinfecting the mouth is wrong. We know that now. And if you're seeing a dentist that still recommends a fluoridated toothpaste with, again, I'm going to get a lot of flack on that statement, but I can stand behind it. There's plenty of studies, especially for children, you know, and all the chemicals like triclosan. We, there used to be, I forget the brand, but it was Colgate or Crest. They used to add microbeads, little plastic microbeads that wouldn't go away. I would find them. My hygienist would find them underneath the gum. We took photos of it. We have a blog post on that as well. Those were outlawed in California finally. Again, these microbeads were found in fish. I mean, toothpaste to fish. Just think about that. And think about that industry that would put something like that into toothpaste to make it look more desirable to make it look like a toothpaste you'd want to use. Anyway, I will end it there. Lots to talk about in oral care industry, the the products. And again, we are living in a great time. We've got options and a lot of these options are wonderful. Thanks for joining me. See you in the next episode. Stay safe. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.